Welcome to the Push Performance Podcast. Welcome to the Push Performance Podcast. I'm DJ Edwards, your host. Yes, you are. Did I do it? Did I do good? You sounded good. Yes. That's like almost Bruce Buffer. <laughs> That's exciting. All right. Um, welcome back. This is episode 34. So we're cruising along. We got six more episodes till the end of season two, which absolutely means nothing. But, you know, if you if you like what we're doing on Apple, please give us a five-star rating. Or Spotify. Or Spotify. Some of us use Spotify. I use Spotify. I do too. Speaking of Spotify, anybody's Spotify warped or wrapped or whatever? Warped? Wrapped? Yeah. Anybody surprised or anything fun? Mine's the same song as last year. Well, what, what is that? Iration Summer Nights. Big reggae guy. Big reggae guy. What was yours, Jordan? Um, who am I? Need to breathe. Great song. Hashtag need to breathe. Hashtag follow up. Taylor Swift? Yeah. What was yours? I loved her, but I didn't want to do my thought. Uh, <laughs> mine was just some rap song because I usually only really listen to music when I live. It's like, I only listen to rap when I live. I find it weird, though. I had the same song. I feel like I didn't listen to it as much, but like, the song's so old. Yeah. I had the same song two years in a row. It's your song. Our song is Slam the Screen. <laughs> that was Ashley. Taylor Swift. That was Ashley. Yeah. Didn't expect it to be number one. Yeah. So anyways, Push, Push Podcast was number four on the top podcasts. You actually listen to this? Apparently. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're in it. We talk about it. Yeah. We don't have to go back and listen to it. Um, Sometimes Taylor drops some real golden nuggets, and I just got to go back and listen to them. Taylor, yeah, they usually just don't want to hear my voice. Taylor just doesn't pay attention to just text text people. But actually, right now, what my kid from New Zealand is asking for exercises, so I'm demonstrating them through text. Love that. The grind, grind don't stop. Grind don't stop. Yeah. Love the love international. The international now. That's yeah. that's a tight one. Yeah, we had an Australian come in today. That was cool. I believe so, they're called Aussies. An Aussie. An Aussie. You can call. I call this kid a Kiwi it's from New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that's what they call people from New Zealand. Like when I played baseball in Canada, yeah. everyone called him a Kiwi. Interesting. You played with, like, you played with her? Yeah, I played with them my first time playing some football in college in Canada. Cool. Sick. Okotoks, Alberta. Oh, nice. Hey. Sick. Hey. A lot of A's. <laughs> I, I played in Regina, Saskatchewan. Ooh, I hate Regina. That Re- sounds like a the best. Place. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. The best. So our our stadium. It's called Seaman Stadium. When Regina would come play at Seaman Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> On the radio stations, it would say Regina. Sounds guys, like the Red Sox. <laughs> yes, guys, Regina Red Sox. Yep. Oh, I hated the time. There were so many mosquitoes there. Oh, dude. Oh. It was like would you say it was campus. swampy? It was like it was <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. It was. It was stupid. Title of the podcast oh, right there. Wow. Would you say no. it was swampy? No. no. Well, that was yeah. good though. That was yeah. great. That was pretty good. Yeah. Take that out. But it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that in. But oh, okay. Ashton, I, I found out Ashton cuts out a lot of the stuff I say. So no, I don't. Cool. Just when it's we say a lot of ums and likes and all that. Yeah, so, so, so that you're gonna cut that, that out. Like, like and um a lot sometimes. So good. I've been so working on it. Yeah. Mom. You're doing great. Thanks, mom. You're welcome. Thirty-four episodes and getting better every day. Yep. I know. I'm trying to do it. All right. So yeah. Anyways, today we want to talk about some sciencey stuff. Uh, we've been trying to alter guests with just kind of creative content and giving people that listen to our podcasts, you know, hitting every, I guess, would be mm-hmm. audience, right? Where coaches or 
athletes or whoever they may be, parents. Um, if you're a parent, I apologize for our podcast sometimes, but <laughs> but um, yeah. So we want to you know make sure that you guys are getting filled in. If you guys ever want to send us something, just DM us if you want to talk about something specific on the podcast or whatever it may be. But uh, today, Taylor and I had a good discussion this morning or last night. This morning. This morning. Wow, about, it's been a long day, bro. I've been balls deep in assessments this week. But, um, yeah, so we had a conversation about progressions of exercises and just a certain exercise in general. So talking about, you know, when to progress an exercise, how to progress an exercise, what an exercise is actually accomplishing, all that kind of stuff. So Taylor, what was your what was your question today? Um, I asked. So I have an athlete doing an incline dumbbell bench, low, um, low incline, right? Low incline, right? High incline. High incline. Okay. Sorry. Does that change your answer from this morning then? No. You okay. you told me low incline. False. Because right. I was looking right at the yeah, issue. Okay. 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 We get it, guys. So I have an athlete doing a high or just an incline dumbbell bench press and I wanted to progress it but rather than progressing reps which we've done the last two programs I wanted to change the modality so I was thinking about going to a barbell or neutral bar but I've never had anyone I never progressed that exercise that far so I asked DJ he's been around a lot longer than I have to I want to know if that if he's progressed at to a barbell or a neutral bar before, and then we start talking about the position that it puts the shoulder in, and that you you might as well just go just have him raise the load, and then you would just change the exercise in general if you wanted to like load it up even more to like a, just probably just a normal like barbell bench, or or something like that. But yeah, just because yeah. it puts the shoulder in a weird. Position because if you do it with a barbell or a neutral bar, you just can't like you wouldn't have them touch their chest because then they just dump their shoulder and be put in a really just a really tough tough position for a pitcher. There's a lot of interior load right on that yeah. interior shoulder, but you know the way that I would that's a really hard exercise to progress, right? Like I told you, like raise the weight, yeah, you know, obviously. Um, but you know, for me, it would be we can accomplish different things where we can add add certain directions with a cable or we can add certain directions and a push-up variation with mm -hmm. it right uh, and accomplish the same thing you know like a lot of guys like to get after it with the weight so is, it, is this is this athlete wanting to lift a lot of weight or is, is that just kind he of just wants by your choice to give him no he just wants he wants to move better and i'm not i wasn't ready to put him in just a normal bench yet um, he's also kind of, as he's come into the off season, he's taken a while to kind of progress the load. Um, he's more of a guy that I probably have to tell a little bit more to load it up rather than him just loading it up. And he's strong enough to load it. He yeah. just chose not to. Um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think we can definitely accomplish by adding more weight, just making him do that. But that's just so simple answer. You know, there's, there's other things we can do where it's a uh, hand placement on push-ups and weighted push-ups, chain push-ups, banded push-ups, hand elevated push-ups with a like full hand release chest to, chest to bench or something like that, or, mm. you know, or where it's completely loaded that way. Um, you can also do a low to high cable press where you're getting a lot more serratus activation. Is he a pitcher? No. So, okay. What position? Outfield. Outfield. So, I mean, for... 
for me, like with the pitchers and stuff, and you know, we I like the low to high cable press. You get a lot of like straightest activation out of it, mm-hmm. get a little upper trap out of it. Yeah, you get you know good bang for your buck there, and you can load the crap out of that with the with weight, right? Yeah. Uh, has he tried anything like a, a cable cable incline bench? A cable incline bench? Yeah, you never try that? No. Sick. Just try it. I want to. Yeah. You know how we do like you the, you know, that right now? You know, you know, you know how we do those cable incline rows? Yeah. Just flip around and do the cable incline bench. So you're getting yeah, a lot more, and you have four ranges of motion because for the cable, right? Yeah. So you're getting more more range of motion out of it. More stable too. More stable, more stability, more more of the eccentric control, mm-hmm. right? Catch all my guys on new programs when we're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like let's go try it with yourself first. But yeah. I mean, no, that's yeah, something I programmed and I thoroughly enjoy. I love that, especially like with the Kaiser because it's really smooth throughout. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that. You know, so that's that's something I really like. Just you get a lot of good range of motion. You can really protract the the scap. You know, it's it's just a clean, fun, clean exercise. Yeah, yeah, no, I like that. I played around with like the trying to get a little bit like in the same position that the humerus is put in, or, like the joint, the shoulder joint is put in. And like an incline bench, um, I kind of played around with doing like as a warm up exercises, like their B block exercises, doing like a hand, like a like a feet elevated push up on like a six inch box. Yep. And trying to just find find that angle of the arm or doing a like a slight. I kind of rigged up a, a chest a chest a, a supine med ball drop with a chest pass. I kind of rigged that up with a foam roller and then put it on like one of the slant boards. And so is it this? Yeah, it was, it was like, is it the same angle that the incline bench would be? And I found just a power exercise to do out of it. Rather than, because I was like thinking of like how I would do a med ball exercise out of that. And I, I really like what you were doing with Stone today with the ISO chest press into the squat rack. Oh, yeah, like an overcoming isometric. Yeah, overcoming isometric. Yeah, I've done it. I've done those with like a normal split squat, yep. normal be- like barbell. Why have we not done it with the chest press yet? Right. Yeah. So and that's a good call. No, I like it. And you get like a little like it actually fires your oblique set because you're holding rotation as well at the same time. Yeah. Um and for somebody that like needs a little bit of, like a little bit more rotation, especially when it comes to that, especially like trying to like mimic like the throwing pattern, like the stress of like the full scap retract position, fully rotated position, trying to mimic that a little bit. Um but yeah, no, that that's a that's a solid exercise. I think that yeah. would be a pre pre warm up thing for low incline bench too, yeah. High incline or low incline? It doesn't matter. Have you ever had any low incline bench? I do low incline. Oh yeah, all the time. All the time. It's like one notch up. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, I was. You think a decline bench? Is yeah, low. that's exactly. Wow. So, yeah, this is Taylor know. Davis. He's a it's, paid employee at his performance. And it's two p.m. and he's not awake. It's up early. Um, I know. Everybody saw on Instagram, Taylor. So, so I'm something. Trying this new exercise on Instagram tomorrow yeah, right. morning. Yeah, yeah, catch it on the. IG. So yes, <laughs> incline bench goes 45 degrees upwards. Yes. So way. no, I progressed him from low incline to high incline. So we just or low incline, then we moved up to normal incline. Okay. So that's, that's what we're at. So I was wondering if I just stay at that that 45 degree incline, or go to a barbell, and progress it that way more more of a look. But we just went heavier on dumbbells today, and it was solid. Yeah. 
his reps? Yes. Went from six to five. So yeah, it was, yeah, it was a solid, it was a solid day's day's work on that for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, so definitely like this off season with the guys trying to figure out like or like as we go because some of the guys are starting. Generally, a lot of the guys after Christmas will start all their speed work, and like that's when all like the med ball stuff and everything really really starts to pick up. But then like the other thing is with guys with guys that are free agents, those guys got like what I'm doing with Tyler. He's got to start throwing game what game off a game like off the mound way earlier than everybody else yeah. so we almost just jump-started his program as soon as he came in helps that he was already really really strong when he got here so we didn't have to take a lot of time doing that but um when when do you generally have a lot of your guys dj start their power work i wouldn't start putting them on gym aware i use gym aware probably year-round because i even in their strength phase i want to know what their readiness is and, and all that you know, the majority of the time, but like, so I'll have like a 0. 0.55, 0. 0.5, depends. Some, at first I won't have them gym wear at all or BBT at all. Mm -hmm. And then probably their second, second phase of their strength phase. Does that make sense? Second portion of their strength phase will add some 0.55s in there, around there, yep. 0.6s. Um, so they're year round doing it, but I would say right now is that they're about 0.7s getting into speed work. Mm. Uh, so they're more of the strength speed section right now. Uh, so I I love just the feedback of the BBT. So I'm doing it almost year round. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people that use it are just like, oh when do I get to use that? Or hey, what are how are we moving it fast today? Even though it's like you can use it for two different things. We'll use it in we had the pro guys in season that we program for you program for some of your pro guys, your big figures in season, but that's like a time that's available to them. You can also do it in season. Because then it'll check their readiness. You it'll gauge based on that, like where they're at physically. Yeah. They don't weight. feel as good. They're not going to move it as fast. So that weight they got dropped the weight. Versus you can they feel really good. You yeah, you stay. use it as like a or as a instead of saying like RI or RIR type thing. They can say say hey, pick a weight that you can move at a point seven instead of two hundred pounds, like an arbitrary number, right? Yeah. Use it that way. That's what you do with it. That's what I'm saying. Like in season. Just saying you, it. Can do you, don't season, you can do it out of season, you can do it right yeah. after the season. I don't know how the guys feel. Yeah, so yeah, you can use it a lot of different ways. Right. Uh right now it'd be more so like the point seven ish areas. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of guys it's I think it's seven out of seven five right now. So yeah, so exactly where I'm at. I taught you well, my son. Yeah. Yeah. Uh also, so uh on top of that, though, if, they, if they're starting to move fast in the weight room, they need to start moving fast with sprint work. They need to start moving fast with med ball work. Mm. You know, so um, everything kind of the whole the whole thing kind of climbs together. Yeah, exactly. So right now, like a lot of the guys, B blocks and putting more plyometrics in their B blocks versus a superset with the BBT. Mm. Uh, so, so they're like we talked about this last offseason, I believe that where they're a little bit more fresh in their B block, uh, which I fully agree on. Um, obviously, but you know, really looking at just like the straight strength speed continuum of it is, you know, we can still do some decelerated work. We still need to get that decelerated work, even though when they're in the strength phase, right? Mm. So we're still hitting BBT stuff, you know, 0 0.7, 0.75. They're doing their plyometric works or jumps in their B block. You know, once in a while, I'll have them superset a, you know, a, a kind of a reaction exercise. 
but also also have them more than likely do a diesel action right now because it's it's what we've kind of taken away from their program. Yeah, does that make sense? So we're not yeah. putting a major focus on it, but we're actually giving them microdosing them deceleration, eccentric patterns, all that stuff, even after we're done with the eccentric phases. Yeah, yeah, everything, everything for me, kind of as we move into speed, we're kind of just it sh everything kind of shifts up in the program. So generally, like as guys are going in the off season, like as soon as they come in, their A blocks may be a little bit longer. They need a little bit more like spe specified stuff. A little more like specific breathing exercises to the way they're moving postseason yeah. after their season, and so then generally by this time, some a lot of those will start to get cleaned up yeah. and just become second nature, and just everything that happened during the season just starts to get cleaned up movement wise, and so some of that stuff I'll keep it in there, but I'll rather than doing one exercise for hip IR, I'll combine hip IR exercise with a T spine, like just find an exercise that fills multiple buckets, or you just hit roof and elevate split squats. Yes, or do that, but I'll move those like I'll move some of those like basic just like we're working on this thing or just this this i'll start moving those out of the program as they start to move better yep. start moving some of those bolt, like bigger exercises into their a block stability stuff into their a block so then i can just fill the b block with a little bit more speed stuff rather than doing normal a block doing another like a stability shoulder care block and then doing another speed block and then they turn into being in here for you know, two hours yep. just start moving things out and now on those movement days if you need they still need, if you still want to keep some of that older A block step in, you just can move that over to their movement day where they can put a little bit more time in here. Same, same concept, for sure. I mean, also, I also believe too, like you need to be, as a shortstop, you need to be powerful in the ninth inning. So maybe add some powerful stuff in, in your E block yeah. right, later on in your, your workouts, you know, uh, you know, hit some sprints at the end of the workout, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I've been, right now, I'm having a couple guys sprint before they deadlift. Joe today wanted to kill me for doing it, but then pulled the best speeds of his life he's ever pulled. Yeah. And he's and probably, probably, I don't want to say, I can't say peaking right now, but like, then this phase is where he needs to be. It's better than I thought he would be right now because of his output, his output's just there, right? He was yeah. like, did you watch him do today? I watched his last time. What was that? Four, it was four something because he kept going up. 435, I think you said. He said it was way better than last week because yeah. last week was down, and then he said this week jumped. Yeah, I had those. All I did this year, this this week was add sprints before the deadlifts. And it's kind of just primed the system a little bit more. Yeah. You know what I mean, and I, I mean, he had 420 yard sprints. That's all he had. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of guys are afraid to have guys sprint before they do a heavy power output day. Yeah. Right? And then he had some landmine split jerk stuff. He had high power output day, high dynamic day today. Yeah. And then he had a heavy strength day on Monday, high power out that dynamic day on Wednesday, Friday. So we're still keeping a little strength, but now he's getting off the mountain. He needs to throw a little bit more. And then he, his emphasis is more strength speed there right now. But so one strength day earlier in the week. So when, once guys start, like once you start getting before the season, will everything and your guys, and like the guys that need a little more speed, so will everything in their program be speed three days a week? Or would you pick a day to still put strength in, or would you just do a little well, bit of speed, a little bit of strength each day? You gotta think like on the speed on the speed work, you gotta hit linear speed, change of direction, yep. and you gotta hit decelerative. Right? You can combo decel and change direction together. It's essentially the same thing. Yeah. Right? But I like to put a whole day on where it's like four or five quick break exercises or sprints where you just slam on the brakes. Old posture, and then you get on with your workout. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
Um, then, you know, later, earlier in the week, it's going to be like Mondays or a high sprint day. It would be, right now we're like 30 to 40 yards, I would say right now. Um, and then once we get closer, you know, we'll open up to 40 to 60 yards. And then we'll just lengthen out to change of direction work. I don't have a lot of guys on change of direction work right now. I think one or two guys, maybe. Um, yeah, I started doing some stuff on Thursday with a couple yeah. guys, but it's like just after teaching this, them how to stop. Exactly. After this, after this block, there'll be more so decelerated, change of direction, mm-hmm. all that stuff. You know? But at the same time, like a lot of the decelerated work was built into their program already. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can so, still put it in in a like in a split squat by adding a pause at the bottom like that. That's what I just that, said. That's that's what I said, Jordan. I literally just said that. Literally, no, you didn't. <laughs> you you uh, you teased it, but of, like yes, nobody understands what you're talking about. What? Well, like they have to understand. Okay. Well, I was saying. I'm not. I'm just not going to talk. I'm just going to sit put, here and not you talk. You can put anymore. decelerated right. stuff. I'm not going to talk. Let me say it again. You can put decelerated stuff in in the weight room. Okay. Disgusting. Meaning, meaning what? You do eccentrics and pauses to bottom. Thank you. <laughs> Love you, bro. I'm just giving you hard time. Okay, can I? I want to circle back to kind of the what you, uh, you and Taylor were talking about earlier about how the changing of the modality for a bench press. Um, I've been spending a lot of time training the high school kids, and so sometimes just more like like instead of if if they're getting good at a floor press or whatever pressing variation, instead of what something I've been trying to do and toying with instead of trying to advance the modality, I've been just adding a different volume later in the lift. And so if we did a floor press or some sort of a bench press in like a C block or D block, adding a yoga pushup or a pushup with rotation, just adding more of a pushup because I'm dealing with 15, 16, 17 year old kids, like literally adding three sets of eight pushups at the end of this lift like makes after, them after benching after already benching or after doing an incline bench or adding like if they had single arm dumbbell press or dumbbell press and then we go to a yoga uh, yoga push-up with a toe touch at the end like that's going to advance and that's going to like drive more of that adaption versus instead of going oh well he's good at dumbbell floor press let's go to dumbbell bench and then let's just go to barbell bench like because you're going to get lost in the translation and then these are again these are 16 year old kids like they're going to see barbell bench and they're just not going to do it the right way. So then you can drive, still drive that adaption by adding just more volume, basically with a different modality, but different press. hundred percent. I love that. I love that. I do do that decently often for sure as well. Like we, especially guys, I had a guy yesterday that needs a little bit more pressing exercises. So had him, Go a little heavier in his D block, and then his D block we do some yoga push-ups yeah. or see some flexion based. But he needs flexion, so we give him some like full flexion based push-up stuff. And you know, band, band, I think it was a band resisted. I don't know, some I forgot what I put in there. But uh, you know, it was just more so just like you said, adding the volume and repatterning it and giving him. Like I love the E block, right? I was give the athlete what he needs. Like that's mm-hmm. the a lot of guys like just. Kind of overlook it. I don't say that. I don't skip it, but they just like don't see the benefit of it, right? My work, my punch is done. I did my, I did my deadlifts for the day. I did my bench for the day. Like, what else do I need to do? You yeah. know what I mean? And to me, that's a great place where you can drive. Like, we're talking about like runways and like making adaptions and changes to your program. Like, if we're not quite ready to take that leap in our C and D block, an E block is a great place to to make up the gains because like as you're programming, you don't have to shuffle in all new exercises in your C and D block, 
you just the E block or the F block could be where you kind of make a bunch of changes while the D and C kind of stay the same as we make the adaption. And then we go up because of we're driving different um, adaptions of different, like experiencing different things and confusing muscles. That's for ogre. But like, dude, he, we cha I changed, literally changed one thing in his C block and changed only E block for the last couple of weeks. And he's coming in saying his muscles are confused and like, super layman's term, but it's like exactly what we're going for. We're trying to drive a new adaption and you don't have to reprogram the entire program just to get that. We got that there. I agree with all of it. <laughs> There's something to space with uh, somebody else's PB&J. Somebody else's PB&J. Now the word's out. So like he said in Maverick or where? Where he, they cut it in fourths. Yeah. yeah, it's something it's not. With a fruit cup. Uh, so yeah. I'm, what uh, what are what are some exercises that you struggle with progressing, Jordan? Um, me personally, or as an athlete, as, an athlete. Or as a coach. Yeah. Um. So, for me, I like everybody loves barbell benching, right? So that ends up kind of kind of being in the ceiling, but at the same time, you I always like to ask, like, is it worth it? putting somebody there like is it going to be the best bang for my buck is it something that we actually need or can we actually get a different output from a different exercise because you know you put you go single arm uh dumbbell bench with an elephant with your your leg up and like we're going to do more um, and we're like going to stress more muscles than you would on a normal barbell bench but it's not as sexy to the athlete so you're it's, it's a buy-in thing and now you're trying to get um you're trying to achieve different adaption and push for push the rock forward um, without just going to the ceiling of, okay, we barbell bench now, now what? Like, cause I, is that going to be most helpful to the outfielder, to the pitcher? Right. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're still trying to find how, how can I make a regular split squat or a regular uh, barbell bench harder without, um, I don't know. How can you make it harder from there? Because like, you're already at barbell bench. Do you go VBT? Do you go... Yeah, I mean, check the box. Where, where do you go? Check the box and move on. Yeah, like, like, like that's the thing. I, I mean, what are you going to do? Nope, yeah, same. I, oh. yeah, well, same. I agree again. I agree with all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <Same>. um, <laughs> that's my take. Man of, man of many I words. also agree. I also agree. Yeah, it sounds like philosophy class all over. Just me agreeing on everything. Um... Yeah, so with yeah, so with the barbell bench, like the guys have a runway to get there, and it's a lot easier with the pro guys because you know how long their off season is going to be. Yeah. So you kind of map out what you're going to start them with, then where you're going to go from there. So a lot of the guys, like a couple of pro guys I have right now that have already started barbell bench, are are some of the stronger guys that I have, and those guys will get into some sort of bandit like band resistant bench or get into speed bench right away. And then from there, rather than just having barbell bench by itself, I go barbell bench into a, into a, um, like a, like a band assisted plyo push up or, and then you can, so you go like weighted, weighted plyo, plyo press to a, um, unweighted plyo press and you get the, and then from there, it's like, they're not going to be able to go heavy as so is kind of do like, kind of like a triphasic pattern. Yeah. Kind of like a triphasic and then just start to build it up. So then once, they start once live AB start and as they get closer to spring training, they're moving as fast as they possibly can. They they're everything is kind of translating because like even with like 
the like with benching and stuff like that, a lot of the times is everybody will just um, like they'll bench and then like you don't like know what's happening to everything is getting like pressed down horizontally when you're doing when you're doing a bench press. So adding something um, a little like adding something rotational at the very end of your lift or adding something like a side plank to get those to get those obliques back engaged or somebody even if you have somebody that is extended benching finding a pattern like finding like a uh, anterior loaded pattern like a lower anterior loaded lower body pattern something like that right after for the lower body exercise to kind of put them back into that posture that you need them in um and so like using that um using those kind of outweigh uh, some of the like some of the things and some some things that maybe happen to the body while we're barbell benching just undoing those for that specific athlete maybe that's the athlete what, that's needs the, extensions what the filler exercise are for supposed yep. to be for right yeah where mm-hmm. You see a lot, of, a lot of guys just like, not guys, like coaches, you know, just go 1A position, 1B position, and then just move on. It's like, I like to give the guys two or three per per block, per se, because that, that number three exercise is probably just as important as that number one exercise where you're going heavy on the barbell bench, and you just hit some, maybe a wall slide to increase the zapper of rotation. You know what I mean? You so, can also use it as a rest period because you'll have guys exactly. that'll just want to bang out four, exactly. four by four and so, just go, go, go. Like a couple of things like on trap bar deadlift, right? You get short lats and, and then you also see some guys with lateral hip extension in it. Yep. So you can hit a trap bar deadlift into a couch stretch into a lat stretch, yep. right? So you can hit those three things all in one if you're not doing any plyometrics with it. Yep. But depending on where you're at. You, know, you can fill those exercises, fill those blanks, fill all the buckets like you said right there, right then and there. Yeah, right, and then they're able to shorter. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you, take, also, you don't need a T-spin rotation to start the day because you exactly. got it after your deep. Well, a lot of guys say, "Hey, like, I was talking to one of our, one of my guys today. Like, hey, I need look like I need like a little T-spin stuff in my program. Like, you do reaching exercise when you row, yeah. You do reaching exercise when you press, yeah. Those are T-spin rotations. Like, there's your T-spin rotation. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean? you don't need to do a body weight. Right? I can give it to you. Rotation. I can give it to you. When how and how much is a is with no body weight rotating to your left going to help? A professional yeah. elite athlete, no, like not. he needs to overcome force. He wanted it more for his golf game. Could be, but you know that's important. Of, this time a lot of big golfers here right now. A lot, a lot of golfers, right? Yeah. They're they're uh, the yes. professional oh. golfers and amateur baseball players. Yeah, very true. Very yeah. true. But you know, like just filling those boxes, and like I said, mentioned earlier, check the box. Once you've hit that barbell bench press. Like you can keep on giving it to them, but change up the loads, change up the intensities. Mm-hmm. But just check the box. Like this is where a lot of coaches and trainers go wrong. Strength coaches go wrong. They try and make shit look sexy again, right? And keep keep we'll reinvent the wheel. Really, keep things really interesting and looking cool for the athlete or Instagram. In four programs, you'll go from floor press to single arm dumbbell bench press to bilateral dumbbell bench press to barbell bench press, all within three or four programs for a high school kid. He's only a sophomore in high school, and you're like, oh, like. It was over barbell benching for three years. <laughs> no, and you can go back to tempo stuff with bar with dumbbells. Yeah, you can you can circle you can circle single back arm dumbbell stuff. You can go single arm barbell. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> That's not true, guys. Don't do do not Don't say, do that. Do Don't do that. Yeah. Send videos if you do. That's the cool Instagram video. But you know, it's it's just like learn to check the box. Well, and, and you can, I mean, like I was saying earlier, like shoot bodybuilders or not bo- power lifters do this. Well, they'll have their day where 
hey, we're going at a 90% of our max and we're going to go just three sets of one on barbell bench, which is super skill specific and like what they're training for. And then in the bottom at the end of their lift, they'll have four by 10 of flat dumbbell bench. And like that's the meat and their, their meat and potatoes volumes actually towards the end because they're skill specific. Or like if we were doing a pitcher, you're fast, explosive, high, like low reps, high speed stuff would be at the beginning. You add some volume at a the end. A and B block, yeah. bro, lift weird like, like it's 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 crazy though and then people will go like oh baseball like like you're not lifting but like that's exactly the same philosophy that we're doing here is like what power lifters do it's just different different goal yeah like completely different goal and we just have different exercises for it but it's the same idea how on regressions what do you got on regressions right so i love regressions yeah that's where that's where you got smart enough put right the there. ego down and lose your job you get fired by the athlete. Look down for two seconds and I hear get fired. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. You know, you take the athlete, tell him he's not strong enough to do this. He's like, all right, I'm going to go somewhere else that can. Well, yeah, and then you have to tell him. And you you you've gone through that. With what? You've gone through that with somebody. You didn't oh, want yeah. to give somebody an exercise because you wasn't ready for it and the kid ended up quitting. Yeah, he leaves. But, and like, at the end of the day, though, time, you made the right call. It's it's your morals and you're like what what are you gonna do right like this is a different conversation if I wanted but this is a great conversation keep going it is. I mean it's it's <laughs> it's it's like stay in your scope at the same time like I'm not gonna go try and needle somebody or do PT on anybody no. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go try and teach somebody powerlifting yeah. exercises it's not my niche no. niche but also niche. on the regression aspect like the point I was trying to make too is we gotta know what proper movement looks like before we change movement at all before we progress before we progress or regress. They have a lot of regressions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. How many times have you seen people be called so, so exercise corrective specialists or corrective exercise specialists? Or what if you whatever? just pick the correct exercise? Exactly. <laughs> and it's just like, what do you mean you're a corrective exercise specialist? Like, you don't even know what proper movement looks like in the first place. Yeah. You know? So the regression of every exercise is proper movement. Mm -hmm. People need to realize that. Yeah, and like, and also you have to be able to deliver that news to an athlete the right way because high school kid to, or a program, like nobody likes being told like, Hey, that's too heavy. We need to, we need to move that down or we need to do a less complex exercise. Like, I say that all the time. Yeah. Just go, that's too hard. We're not doing that. And that's my way to tell them. That Let me go get my laptop. Yeah, yeah. Like, actually, yeah. Let's just change that right here. Yeah. We're going to not do that. But then tell them like, then you can tell them like, Hey, we're going to come back to it. Give yeah, it, give it three or four weeks. We'll see where you're at. We're, we'll probably circle back to that extra, same exercise. But you just got to figure out, like, if a guy is – you just got to figure out where the breakdown is between, like, the regression exercise and, like, the exercise you progress to. Did you take one step too far? Or is there just, like, one thing? Like, if it's, like, say they're doing one exercise or they're doing a goblet squat. Looks great. Just basic goblet squat looks fantastic. Everything looks good. All right, let's front squat. Okay, front squat was a little bit too anterior loaded. Hip shot out. Okay, where's the middle ground? Ankles or wrist wrist mobility? Could be wrist mobility. Could lat, be ankle. Mobility, lat mobility. Just bring the bring the bar a little bit less anterior loaded, a little bit more, a little more proximal, a little bit like more in the middle of the body. Do a zercher. You get there's a bunch of different ways you, you love zerchers. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a that's a good conversation. There's, yeah, there's a we bunch of different ways you can go, but figuring out where the breakdown is, once you progress the exercise, will kind of help you figure out exactly where in the regressions you need to go or how many steps back you need to take um, and, um, for that athlete.
going off of Zurchers, I have a story. Somebody on Twitter, I posted Shelby doing Zurchers last year. Somebody tell you it was bad. No, I said no. So we made a post saying why Zurchers were bad right after I posted it. Oh, completely targeted at like what we were doing, right? Mm-hmm. Why was going off of what, what we were talking about is oh, you shorten his bicep, you, you lose elbow extension, blah blah blah. All right, well, why don't you just have him do a tricep extension after Zurchers? Then you can regain elbow extension. Yeah, right. That's just a quick story on Zurchers, but anyways, but yeah, it's dumb. It's like you if you say an ex- certain exercise is bad and poor right off the bat, never seen an athlete move, you're wrong. You're you don't, you don't know what you're doing. Like, yeah. why are you saying that? Why are you chiming in? Like, it's like me critiquing a movie I've never seen. Right? It's good, man. Thanks, Ashton. You're welcome. Yeah, she's giving me fireworks. High squat over here. High squat. <laughs> so, Ashton, talk about your workouts now. Like, how many times? Like, I know you. I know you need to regress a little bit. You have some stuff going on throughout your pelvis. And, yeah, I'm not that, a baseball right? player, but yeah, I used to dance, so I had some weird injury stuff, and yeah, I needed to learn how to move properly. My hips are weird. Austin said I've bad ankle mobility and lap mobility. So when I'd squat, it was just a weird yeah, situation. Yeah, your squat is not great. And I have a pelvic tilt. Squat's a lot better now, though. It is. Yeah. Um, so when I would try to squat or people would put weight on me that I didn't need, I would just hurt my back immediately. Mm-hmm. And I, like, couldn't get range of motion. But it's getting better. Good. Shout out Jesse Hills. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> she got her own, yeah. her own girl. Yeah. So... I mean, regression doesn't, doesn't trust you to train them. I do, she but doesn't, I, no, I doesn't. Just, she sees how busy we are. Yeah. She doesn't have big league time, so you won't program for her. <laughs> <laughs> funny. But it's kind of funny. My squat's better. It is better. Yeah, I don't get made fun of anymore. What other yeah. questions do you have today, Taylor? I know you guys heard you tell them so. Um, Oh, one of the other ones I want to talk to you about. So, or I wanted to bring up. So, a lot of times, like guys will ask, "Okay, when my when's my A block going to change?" I think I did a post on Instagram, kind of about this, but I'm very short. But a lot of guys. Great picture, by the way. Like that was a good, well taken coaching picture of Taylor. Thank you. Shout out to Tana. Yeah, Tana Hughes. Was well done. Shout out to everyone today. Shout shout, out. Yeah, I'll throw tags in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so talking about like progression through the A block and stuff like that. It's easy to progress like ankle mobility exercise. Like it's it's pretty easy to like progress the mobility exercises themselves. Like you're just going after hip IR and like that. Like those are pretty easy to progress. How would you, as a coach, if you were changing someone's A block? Like I know you put a lot of breathing stuff into into the A block. How would you do you progress? Someone asked me this day. Do you progress the breathing exercises, or would you just change the breathing exercise with the same focus as it would be already to add load load to it? You can do all three of those. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, what, yeah, I want you to, so, so give I me mean, a breathing, basic start, like breathing exercises, exercise you would start with and um, then what you would progress to. Knees elevated, quad breathing, uh, or elevate, or just, let's see here, actually, would be a good one for progressions here. You do like a seated, like a, like a dorsal rostral breathing with band. Yep. So you do seated breathing, exhale into the, into the upper back, band around the wrist, and then you can go seated into a met, uh, seated onto a uh, what do you call it, box, and then have kettlebell, 
have an anterior lobe pulling it out that way with the kettlebell. And then you can add it with a VLAX IR ER. In the lower half, you can add it more into a squat pattern where you go with a, with a slant board then. So you go the seated position, the seated position on the boss of the kettlebell, and then you do it with a squat right after. Mm -hmm. So then you go inhale at the top, exhale halfway, inhale to halfway, exhale at the bottom, stand back up. So you're getting the same breathing patterns with all three different things, or the same. That's right, things. you start to incorporate more, because you would definitely get a little bit more, like lower, like lower back, lower pelvis, yeah. posterior expansion as yeah. well, included with, as, as you start to like go from the box, or from the box to the squat yeah. as well. Exactly, so that's kind of what I would do with that, but at the same time, like we, I try and shorten their A block as they're, off season goes, I might just add yeah. that later in their thing. Like I only include one to two breathing patterns, maybe three in the A block. Yeah. They really, really need like, but when they say breathe, I'm gonna lay, I'm gonna lay, lay their breathing, but they're doing like a lat stretch, stretch, breathe into a lat, right? Yeah. Or a pec, a pec stretch, breathe into their pec, or you know what I mean? Yeah, it's crazy like how much you can get out of it if you just tell someone like where to inhale or where to exhale. Exactly. So like I, physically, I don't exactly know what goes on. Like when, like, like, but like the focus of it, or like, hey, exactly. this is where you should feel this. Try it, inhale into here. Yeah, and that, that's giving them awareness of them using that certain area of range of the motion that they don't have. Yeah. It's just kind of essentially, I don't want to say tricking their brain into thinking they have it, but yeah, they might do that. Well, that's right? like the what's it called? It's I think it's a it's a bodybuilder thing, but like. It's the uh, the mind thing that they go with, like you have to like think about the muscle, like you gotta like otherwise stress the yeah, muscle. That technique too. You yeah. have to think about stressing that muscle. Yeah, kind of thing. And so it's just like the mind. That seems really hard. Yeah, it's yeah. It's I forget. Mobility thing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, think about that. But like also going in with like the breathing stuff, like rather than if you're doing like depending on what the guy's body looks like, but like if you're doing core exercises, like doing an exhale on the eccentric of a dead bug or a reverse crunch or something that's like that. That's the majority of my A block are in breaths. Yeah. If it's a dead bug, if it's ankle mobility uh, exercise, if it's uh, whatever, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. it's a breathing pattern count versus an actual rep count. Yeah. Uh, it may, mainly in my B blocks as well, you know, it might be nice like if you're doing an airplane or whatever, it's like an actual full range of motion pattern. But like if you're doing an ISO pattern, it's not for 30 seconds, it's for five breaths. Or if it's not for, you know, it's a dead bug, it's like you're doing full inhale here, full exhale here, that's one. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I've, I've, some guys I can give that to, like pro guys, you can, I give the breathing stuff to all the time because they're locked in on it. Yeah. High school kids are another thing. Because I'll give them, hey, you have a plank for six breaths. I'm like, okay, no, deep inhales. Next week, I got to say same well, thing. Third week, I got to say They might not be able to do it. They, yeah, they may not be able to do it. But sometimes with the high school guys, I just got to change. I was like, all right, we're just going time. Yeah. And then for and then as soon as we get we get like 45, 50 seconds, they can't take quick breaths. They have to take – and so it just kind of forces them. But like the pro guys are a lot easier, and college guys as well, and some of them more, a lot of them are more mature high school kids are. Yeah. A lot better at that where they understand the importance I mean, of breathing. Understanding people that you can't breathe in a pattern, you, you don't you don't own you a pattern, pattern. pattern. Yeah. Right. So I think day one establishing that, like all of all athletes in here cheat. It's just a matter oh, of how yeah. well they Oh, they're really good. A lot of them are really how good. How well they cheat and how well they don't get hurt by them cheating. 
Yeah. Cheating is another word for compensating for those at home. Athletes are amazing at compensating. Yeah. Like, like that's my shoulder hurts, but they're still going to find a way to move and do something to avoid the shoulder pain. I can't get into that position. Like if, like if the kids, how many times do you put guys feet together and have them do an overhead squat? Can't do it. Right. Can't do an overhead squat in the other way, or even at normal, normal weight or normal width without like dumping anteriorly, but they'll find a way to get themselves down there. It's the same thing in any position. They just got to figure out how to avoid the compensation and make them do it like the way you were going for it. That's like by adding breathing patterns to the reps. You want to hear the ultimate compensation story? Yeah. It, it's one of our athletes and he, I know he won't care. It has nothing to do with a giant truck? No. He was pitching in season, was deadlifting, low back injury. Popped a disc out. Really bad low back injury, but he did just didn't lift as much, but still threw. Zero hip IR on like just can't move into that hip because there's pain. About three months later, or no, two months later, TJ, UCL gone. And it's like crazy because when he came in, we pretty much just started with TJ and then just started taking steps backwards. And it came like two months before that. I hurt my back really, really bad. I couldn't rotate into my front hip. Boom, stress. But like he still threw for two months with the with low back injuries. Like I didn't feel it when I when I pitched just because he avoided that that he just tried his best to avoid that movement. And then ended up tearing his UCL. And it goes all the way back to not having a hip IR. Yes. And having somebody allowing him deadlift without optimal hip IR. Yes. I mean, how many times that happens all the time with ankle mobility, like too, like ankle mobility, then like you can't get into your back hip, on the, like as you're pitching, and then it relates into shoulder pain or elbow pain, and then now we have a, a torn UCL or a, like sh- bad shoulder injury, and that's all. It all comes back to ankles. It has nothing to do with oh my, I haven't been doing my shoulder stuff. Changes it just changes the stress. I saw Nick. I saw Doctor Nick do it when he was here, and the kid literally was like, "Yeah, he was." Dude, like, how's your arm feel? Like, he did some lower body. He goes, how's your arm feel now? He goes, really good. It's just like, it's it's crazy because guys don't like, they just resort to where the pain is at. You got the symptom. Yeah, they treat the symptom, yep. not the cause. Yep. Above That's, and below, almost always. They always, I mean, how many times have you, how many times have you cleaned up a neck, a, a neck pattern where you had them look in opposite direction, their pain's gone? Yeah, right. Like an ER, they have like a pitching pattern ER, and you have them look the same side in open space, and they're like, oh, it's gone. Like, well, yeah, it's your neck, it's not your arm. Yeah, you know, everything's connected. Like, that's something that never gets, or not never, but it doesn't always get addressed. Yeah. Simon, say hi to the podcast. Hi, podcast. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, it's just knowing what movement looks like, knowing how to regress and when to, when to when progress. To don't progress, just progress. Like knowing they're ready, like they can do the same shit over and over again. Knowing, knowing yeah. where you're going to, like having a set goal allows you to like and that's progress and regress. Like, when you guys first came in here, the first thing I taught you was that sprint strength speed continuum. It gives you a timeline, right? It lays out the timeline. That's the first one. Oh, it's not the first thing I learned. Okay, well, I said one of the first things. Learned assessments first. That was what well, we learned. Week two was a strength speed. Kind of week three was hanging flags. I said one of the first things. Then you're in Hawaii for the assessment one. Probably. <laughs> he's not to get, he's get fired up. It was summer. It was summer. Shout out to who gave you the grant or Chris? 
Give me what? The, the successor. Joe, Grant, and Chris. All three of them. They were all present. God, you love those guys. I love them, too. Yeah, I miss those guys. Yeah. I don't know. Is this where Taylor tells us he's leaving? Yeah, he's going back he's going, Colorado. going up to Colorado, working there. Taking his dog. We trading? Do we get a, do we get a coach to be named later? Guys tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> so Joe's coming here. That, uh, not really, but oh, Pro Group would kill me if, the, if Joe left. Oh, yeah, the guys would hate that. They would kill me. It's not worth it, though. I'd rather have Taylor. I love Joe. Taylor's awesome. <laughs> but, no, like, going back on it, like, the first thing you tell us was One of the first things <laughs> we teach you guys in your internships. Yes. Jordan, back me up here. Taylor's being an asshole. Yeah. The first thing you taught me, Taylor taught me assessments before you taught me anything else. Well, but that's that, where we're at. He has our curriculum. Our curriculum is assessments and then spring speed continuum because yes. you need to learn how an athlete moves, why he moves the way he does, mm-hmm. and then how to program for that. So the second right. thing you learn as a push intern. Is... I said one of the first things. <laughs> You're still learning every day. I'm he's he started. I'm still learning every day. I've reached my peak. I'm done. Taylor's <laughs> Taylor is perfection. He is perfection. You know what I mean? So just smartest, best looking coach in here. Have a time. Yes, have a timeline. Know the athlete timeline. It'll help with the progressions, regressions a lot. High school guys will make you think. High school guys have made me a lot smarter coach, I think, than both. You have the high school kids for so long. Well, I mm-hmm. think that's one of the best things, too, is, like, you need to learn how to coach a youth athlete before you can coach a pro athlete. Way harder. To Way harder. Athletes. Way harder. Right? Mm-hmm. But also, at the same time, no knock on our pro guys. They're a lot more needy. A lot more money at stake in pro ball than in t-ball. Yeah, it's close. I mean, but... <laughs> very true, man. Very right. But you know what I mean? Like, you, any new coach foundationally needs to learn how to coach that young athlete in proper movement patterns. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to get into coaching and learn and coach professional athletes. Like we've all started. You started at a different facility coaching high school guys. You're still coaching high school guys. But you have the opportunity to coach pro guys, right? Where Eric, this is one of his first real, this is his first real job, actually. You know, he's, he has a lot of. He, he did make pizzas for a little while. He has a lot of pizza boy. He has a lot of high school experience right now because of that reason, right? He has how many pro guys there? Like three? Mm-hmm. Two? Three by two. Yeah. But it, like, I love the argument of like, if you can't teach an eight year old like yeah. basic movement foundations, like how how are you supposed to be able to regress a twenty four year old twenty nine year old pro guy? Yeah. Like, you're not gonna know where to regress if you've never had to do it because so no, you're just gonna ex- well, you're just gonna expect to be there. Proper movement patterns, you know, just, you, gotta, you, don't, yeah. you don't know what it look like. You look at a youth kid that organizes himself without knowing, right? Most of the time, like you have Easton go out there and have do do, do an exercise that he can that he can deadlift the bar only. It's perfect deadlift. Right, but then you get a nine-year-old kid somehow three years apart from Easton, which is the most terrible form ever. Yeah, you know. So, it's just, it's just, where does the disconnect with that? You know. And, well, I think I think a ton that gets missed, and especially like with the whole gray cut, whatever bullcrap, where you should be able to squat like and touch your butt to the ground at forty years old because you were a baby once and could do it is really dumb. But at the same time, like. If, if a kid's sitting playing video games for four hours a day, like his shoulders are going to roll forward. He's going to probably sit in a ton of flexion and like not be able to deadlift well because he's not going to hold and brace at all. Like, because the position he knows is that. Yeah. 
And so I guess I'll give a little bit of credit to where like, look, Maverick and Easton can make those movements because they're, they move around a ton. They experience that range of motion. They've and if you don't, coached, they've never been coached into that. Yeah. Like you, and they will never be coached. They will never be coached. Never. So like, I, I'm dead serious. So you're right. Like with their baseball swings, like just swing the bat. Yeah. With Easton, I go take this baseball or take this tennis ball. And throw as hard as you can against the fence. You're, you're, they're holding. Not telling you he's Easton again. Six. You just he's you six. Just six. His body's gonna self-organize. Like, but a lot of people are go wrong. It's like they take take the apple from the tree and throw it. Right. Yeah. Tim was like, pick That's up this ball and throw as hard as you can. Gunfighter position to the fence. Right. And it's like, all right, I'm gonna figure out what's most optimal movement pattern for me to throw that ball against the fence. It wasn't coached. It wasn't forced. It wasn't mm -hmm. robotic. It was clean, fun patterns, safe patterns. Hundred percent. Right? And that's like, where we need to be as coaches for our youth kids, you know. And what? Fun? Clean, clean, fun, clean, fun. Yeehaw. Well, like, okay, Grady. Grady's everybody's favorite athlete. He's eleven, and like, his warm up every day is I throw routes to him for like fifteen minutes, and like, he just runs around. Yep. I don't need to teach him running form. His running form is amazing because he just goes and runs right. around. If you were to work on running form, you would. I'd probably mind f the crap him, out of him. Make him worse. Yeah. Oh yeah, he would think so much. Especially that kid. Yeah. Great kid. Love him. But just he, he cares to be good. Mm -hmm. He cares to be. Great. He wants to be good, and he's so, going to be. Yeah. Heard it here first on December eighth, mm -hmm. December eighth, twenty twenty one. Grady Hone will be drafted at some point in mm -hmm. professional baseball. Mm -hmm. Ballsy. He's 11, <laughs> so this is an early call. But, but yeah. Anything else? I think that's a good spot to end it. Yeah, no great spot. Ashley, you got anything for us? I'm good. Bear drive. Team Emery, bear drive. Yeah, bring yeah. bring stuffed bears if you're listening to this podcast. For what? Tell them. Um, Team Emery is a local nonprofit in Arizona who um, a big part of their outreach is um, going to children's hospitals during um, the holidays, bringing, um, especially with COVID, not allowed to bring, uh, not allowed to have a lot of family members, only one or two family members at a time, bringing these kids stuffed bears um, for Christmas, kind of bringing some joy into their, into their lives. Um, and they're obviously not experiencing a good time because they're in a hospital for whatever reason, um, just trying to impact those lives and trying to bring a little bit of holiday spirit into their lives. So, um, if you're able to bring a bear, that's an amazing, um, it's an amazing donation for an amazing cause. Um, and if you have any questions, reach out to us on Instagram um, for other ways to donate if you are unable to bring a bear. Um, also, also got to be new, can't be used. That's kind of gross. Um, so yeah, yeah. And hospital policy with COVID. Can't get a dirty bear. All right, now we're done. Thanks guys, appreciate it.